Hey, this is the Guardians of the Films. I'm Ian. And I'm Natalie. And this is our podcast. What should we talk about? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? I'll follow your lead. Bit of both. Welcome to the Guardians of the Films. So we're going to be talking today about musicals. Um, so this is sort of encompassing musicals that were made in the movies. Uh, Broadway mainly, I think, is what we're sort of talking about. Um, because that is what you are really into. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is mainly going to be you taking the lead on this one. And I'll, I'll offer my my tits and tats for uh, Hamilton and Les Mis and Tick, Tick, Boom. What's the other one that we just watched? Next to normal. Next to normal. Um, so I can comment on those, but everything else, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit out of my depth here. So we're going to take this off, and uh, you want to go through musicals for us? Uh, sure. I'll start with just like a general explanation of what they, uh, what they started as. They started as operas. Um, they were like... Like the Phantom of the Opera. Like the Phantom, except before that, like when operas became started to become more accessible... They basically just shortened them, and well, it's because people had to leave because they were scared of bats and they got mugged in alleyways. <laughs> Clearly, that's why they did it. That's why it was. That's why they shortened it. Um, no, it was because people didn't want to sit all day in the opera to watch the opera, so they took out. There used to be arias and recitative songs, so they took out all the recitative ones because they were just a waste of time. Um, so you had, instead of everyone singing everything to the audience and then taking the time to explain the character's personal perspective and emotions, they had the plot progress through speaking and dialogue. And then they would take breaks for the <coughs> arias. For the what, sorry? They would take breaks for the arias. Arias. Yes, and so that shortened... The, uh, the runtime significantly. And arias are <laughs> when people take breaks from the plot to sing to the audience um, their emotions and opinions on whatever's happening in the plot. Uh, yeah. See, I knew that. I just wanted everybody who's listening to know I, that as well. I did say that. You See, just weren't oh, listening. Whoops. I apologize. Because <laughs> I, was, I was trying to cough and I was like, how do I cough without the mic picking it up? Um, and I was having a dilemma for like a good 10 seconds there. We should have a signal <laughs> okay. for when we cough. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um yeah so that's kind of what became musicals um and they just slowly progressed into what they are today where um it's just a big thing now with um not only on broadway and on stage but also adaptations in film there Ooh, are like tv yeah. shows that are musicals now things what? like that what tv shows are musicals uh i think it's like crazy ex-girlfriend is a musical series a lot of um cartoons are considered musical um hmm. yeah like centaur world or phineas and ferb i guess since i just saw a video about like the top 20 worst shows of the century and the worst one was like it's like they were trying to have a musical and drama thing <laughs> it was like this is not good even though Hugh Jackman showed up it was cancelled after two episodes um, interesting and you don't know what it was <laughs> I completely forget the name we'll it was some watch it. mojo top 20 worst things okay. or whatever um, but I, that also brings me I wanted to that, that brings me to something that I can talk about during this is the um, the 
change of movies like back in the day white christmas singing in the rain holiday inn things like that they had singing and dancing regularly like throughout a movie um and i don't know i feel like those aren't around anymore you know what i mean like i mean yeah. like mama mia you know what i mean it's like it's sort of like that but it's it feels like it's not i don't know um i don't know how to describe it but i'm gonna i'm gonna touch on that later i'm gonna think about it a little bit i'm gonna touch on that later. <laughs> i think i know what you mean uh another thing i wanted to bring up was um why they're not as mainstream as other media uh it's mostly because so many of the big ones are on broadway those are the ones with the most acclaim and those are just like hard to watch because you have to be in that specific place and, and it costs so much money, money. Yeah. and so it becomes sort of a get how broadway is still like yeah i don't get how it's still so especially during covid like they are suffering right now uh, i mean like i don't get how it survived for the last well you know what I mean? it survives through bootlegs that's 100% it. Bootlegs are illegal recordings that they take during the pl- during like live performances and post online and that's what is keeping the industry alive. How right does now. that give revenue? Because to- they still listen to the um, to the soundtracks. They still they'll still go to the musicals if they can. And that's that's just how the word is spread. Is through bootlegs. Mm-hmm. It's not like people watch them instead of watching them live. It's like they watch them and that's how they get into it. And then they go, I want to watch this live. I'm cheap. I would watch them instead of watching it live because... Well, (laughs) for for (laughs) most fans... How do you know it's most? It was your statistics to back that claim. If you can watch a musical live, a fan will prefer to do that rather than watching it. But also paying like 50 bucks to do it. And being, 50 and bucks going that is cheap dude that's what i'm saying and um, and going to new york whatever. yeah it's a it's a whole thing yeah especially if you're like a theater kid who um like does stuff yourself whether that's just for fun as a hobby or if you're actually like consider yourself an actor or whatever like you will appreciate the live performance so much more than the crappy little video that you have on your laptop True. or on your television yeah because there's just so much more immersion in getting uh, the live performance. Yeah, Next to Normal, I did not like. And <sighs> Next to Normal? It was on the bootleg. You couldn't Maybe hear person, everything they were was, saying. Yeah, half the time I was like, what did, what did they... But I hear don't like, worry. I hear like one line and I'm like, okay, I understand what the song is about now, but I still don't know what the song is. Don't <laughs> worry, I have it all memorized once we get to that part in the episode. I don't want to hear you singing. I won't, I won't <laughs> sing it, but I will ex- over explain it because I feel like I need to. <laughs> we need to I'm going to put a budget of 10 minutes on Next to Normal. Um, no. How much did you talk about Daredevil? An hour? True, but we both had to talk about Daredevil. Okay. 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 Fine. Fine. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how we'll see how much time we have, because I mean, ideally, this isn't going to be more, much more than an hour. Again, maybe we want to ideally, yes. want to reach for that. Um, so. but accessibility of musicals, um, it's getting carried by the bootleg industry because that's how it's accessible, and just having them free on YouTube is so much easier. And I don't know why people in Broadway and like producers and stuff haven't realized how much the success of so many musicals relies on bootlegs specifically like heathers because got a lot of traction because after the why bootleg. would they why would because if they support it they're getting better quality stuff out there and that reduces the need to see it in person it 
doesn't though it does it it doesn't uh, like necessarily a lot but it still does like hamilton i was like man i'm really interested to see this and then i saw the like the really production well-made like video personally and i personally was like like while yes i would like to see it in person i am not going to go to new york and pay a hundred dollars to see in person because of this really good quality version i would like despite the movie existing i would still pay to see it in person but like next to normal it's a bigger incentive to see it in person because you're like this is not good quality versus good quality and True. also, why would they need to do anything if it's already propping up their sort of ecosystem? Then why do they need to do anything if it's already working? Um, like they're just they're just giving out more free content for no reason because they're already succeeding with people bootlegging. You know what I mean? I I suppose that's true, but bootlegs are still super hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just saying still, you like, want to see more films. You're just saying you want to see more films. You just want to see more high quality. I do. I do want to see more of that. <laughs> But something that proves that having a good pro shot free online actually does work is Starkid. Starkid is a production company. Um, you were mentioning this before. Yeah. yeah. They post every single one of their um, musicals, all original, usually parodies, on a YouTube channel for free. All like really high quality, all completely free, no like weird um, like. No, there's, you don't have to, with other bootlegs, you'll have to find, like, secret titles because you can't name them exactly what it is, or they're gonna be split up into different, uh, videos so that, like, if one gets taken down, you still have, at least you have part two or part three or whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's not ideal. You start the movie after the big twist? Wow! (laughs) (laughs) Literally. It is not the greatest. But with Starkid, they have all of their performances online for free, and they... actually that's how they gained popularity that's when people started coming to their shows is after they had gained attention online so it does work and it's been proven to work and they should notice that and they should give me the freaking content that i want well i mean but it's i think star kid is i don't know but it sounds like it's very different from broadway though it sounds like it's smaller productions that like i'm just googling it and it looks like it's it's a university like thing yeah like it's, it's small yeah it's small and and so they but they're bigger now like they've toured around yeah but but it helped get their name out and broadway doesn't need broadway is like like you said it's elitist it's like it's like the it's like the biggest thing in stage from my mind right it's but like most of their consumers are going to hear about their shows through like youtube and through the internet and so by having them on YouTube or on a streaming service even makes it more accessible. Like I, there I don't are, know if I agree with that. I think it I think it reaches younger audiences more. Sure. But everybody right now, like maybe it's a good change for the future, but right now everybody who I feel like can afford to and has the time and everything to go to Broadway and watch a show and stuff is probably not seeing these things online they're probably seeing it like like billboards or like they hear it on the news because people are talking about it or whatever you know what i mean i feel like my parents generation is more like who would actually be going to see broadway right now as opposed to like us who are still in school and like or just starting out working and a couple years older and a couple years younger based on my experience a lot of the fandoms are comprised of like people like our age or younger yeah, because that's what I'm saying. Because of that's what you see online. Yes. Yeah. And those are the people who are supporting it, and those are the people who are gonna 
give the money. And those are the people who actually will pay for pro shots. But if you go into a Broadway theater, I think that would be under 50% of the people who you see online are actually Unfortunately, there's no way to prove that right now. I know. I'm just saying that that's what I'm saying. That's what I think. I think there's a little bit of the like sample bias of the only people you're seeing are people who are online and are active and stuff like that. And so all the people who are online and active are saying, hey, this would be a really good idea because they're online and active. So but people that's who aren't, a whole demographic that they're missing out on. Yes, this is just who they like, could be getting money from yes. by having This is like, just like statistical like I'm just saying like in terms of like statistical like evidence. I'm like I don't have problems. it. Neither of us have the yes. statistical evidence. Yes. Um but yeah, I mean like I think I think also like it could be a good idea if they if they'd like tried it out. You know what I mean? Also, yeah. like just just put one show on that maybe isn't performing as well, and see how it reacts. You know, see how. Well, they did that with Hamilton, not because it wasn't performing well, but because yeah. the industry was just suffering with COVID, um, and that gave it a lot of traction again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, because Hamilton, I heard of Hamilton when I was in high school, and yeah. my last name is Hamilton, and I was, and people were like, "You should hey, see Hamilton. Hamilton," and I was like, and I was like, "Okay." I guess. I'm like, I don't really care about American history, but okay. Um, and, but I was always like, I have no idea how these people are watching. Are they going to Broadway, bro? Like, what is happening? Um, are they spending 150 bucks on a ticket? You know the nice I mean? thing like, about Hamilton is it's completely sung through, so you don't miss anything if you just listen to it. I don't think it's completely. I think there's a couple words. Uh, well, stuff. there's yeah. one part right yeah, so in the couple... middle where Lawrence dies, and he's like, yeah, there's, oh, a, there's a couple there's small a letter parts. for you. Oh, no. And then they do a little reprise. Yeah, but yeah, most of it is, but, um, yeah, but I'm just like, I, I suppose so. But I, I was just like thinking, like, it's weird that so many people in my high school, like, I mean, well, it was mainly. Hamilton like, was a phenomenon. It was like the theater kids, too. You know what I mean? It wasn't like everybody it was just like my theater friends who knew it. <laughs> but I was like, I've been interested in watching this because my name is Hamilton and people are saying it's really good. Um, and then now that it came out, that's why I was like, ooh, I'm done watch this. But um, I forgot what my phone was, so. I forget, too. <laughs> <laughs> but Hamilton was definitely the fact that it was, um, I think it was the genre that made it stand out so much, uh, coupled with the history. I mean, like, history. the fact that it was history while, like, I don't think having any, like, white actors. Yeah. While also having, like, more of, like, a rap sort of style of singing. Yeah. Was, was part of, it was partially revolutionary, partially controversial partially you know what i mean it just kind of it, it rang a lot of attention. bells for getting a lot of attention and that's yeah. why it was so huge right um, yeah hamilton did that and it uh, did a lot for the industry too because not only did it bring attention to itself but it brought a lot of attention to new musicals that were coming out um yeah it sort of started a big um a lot of attention towards musicals and so, yeah, that's why right now you see a lot more movies. Like, in this past year, there have been a lot of musical movies coming out alone. Like, Dear Evan Hansen, like, West Side Story. West Side Story, yeah. Like, uh, West Side Story was a movie back in the day, tick, though, tick, also. Boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dear Evan Hansen, Tick, Tick, Boom. Because Dear Evan Hansen was another one that I heard a lot about. Um, but also the movie Tanked, from what I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty I... sure it was, like, absolutely It's destroyed. not a great musical, either. Um, I have not seen the movie though. I just I I haven't seen that. I'm just and I haven't seen the musical. I haven't heard the musical. I just have heard 
that the yeah. music the movie version of the musical did not do did well. not do well at all um and i'm not sure about west side story and the west side tic- story did all right tick tick boom yeah has some traction on netflix but it's a netflix movie so it's hard to tell yeah. really exactly how much it like would have made and everything um and i mean also it depends on who's attached to it right like the big thing for West Side Story was Steven Spielberg. In my yeah, mind. and Tick, Tick, Boom had Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say Andrew Garfield's the bigger I feel like Lin-Manuel there. Miranda for the target audience. Yes, but I'm saying... But but that again, that audience, I think, is already looking at this stuff. I'm saying the things that bring people into it. Like, so West Side Story, I have no interest in, personally. I'm like, I don't really care. Sure. But Steven Spielberg's directing this... And it's getting talk of, like, being a really good movie. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie because of Steven Spielberg. And the same thing with Tick, Tick, Boom. I wasn't going to watch it, but it, within my own mind, I'm like, okay, he's directing. He didn't write the music. I like his music because I like his rhymes. But um, for the actual watching it, I was like, eh, I'm not, I don't really care. But it was because of Andrew Garfield. Like, if you and Kat had been, okay. like, watched it 100 times, I wouldn't have watched it. But with Andrew, you really it was only for Andrew Garfield. Well, not like only, but you know what I mean. But but I but Andrew Garfield was enough because I know that he's such a caliber actor that I will enjoy watching him in like whatever role he's in. Okay. Um, we'll get into how I dislike his Spider-Man in the future, but I think he's a great actor, and I so I'm like I I definitely <laughs> nice. I definitely like respect him as an actor and everything, and I'm like you know what I think he can do a great job with this. Um, and so that's why I was like you know what I'm gonna take a look at this because of Andrew Garfield because I know. His acting chops, and I know, like, um, just sort of, he seems like a nice guy in person and everything. I'm like, you know, I'm going to support Andrew Garfield in this, as well as watching this because you guys are telling me to watch and everything like that. Um, but I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the things that draw, like, there's, there's already the whole musical audience group. There's the, there's the theater kids. There's, you know, everybody who loves that stuff. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about getting people outside of that. And that is what I mean, like, by students who work in Andrew Garfield. Because everybody who likes musicals is going to watch a free musical that's amazingly done, right? Like, Well, they're with, not free. Well, you know what I mean, right? But if you have, <laughs> you have Netflix, when you heard Tick, Tick, Boom would come out, were you immediately like, I'm going to watch that? Mm-hmm. Or were you like, I'm going to see who's involved? I guess it was like on my list for a while before I watched it, but it was yeah. immediately on my list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like Everybody who already watches the bootlegs and things like that is already going to watch these things. So I'm saying to get people out of it, I like that they got like Andrew Garfield. Like if, and the guy in Dear Evan Hansen, don't know his name. Well, know, he originated the role. Yeah, so. I know. I know he's in Broadway, and I know he's big and everything, but I personally don't know his name, right? And that's why it's like... Psh, Benji from Pitch Perfect. I know. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I know him from. And again, I was like, maybe I'll watch it, but also I'm like, eh, I don't really no, care that much it. because also I think he's like 30, and he's playing like a teen, and I'm like, this feels yeah, kind of weird. it is weird. Um, but then also like Rent, when Rent came out, it had like mostly the original cast, I believe, um, but it also had some like i think it had like two like name drop stars um i believe uh the guy who owns the land like the guy who they're paying rent to i believe was a name um and i think they had one other name like just involved with it besides that like a decent amount of the original cast um and like indina menzel now because of frozen also people go back and see rent and they're like oh what was she in um same with uh, rosario dawson is if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, being in things like the Daredevil and the the Marvel Netflix series, as well as like the Mandalorian and things like that, and being Ahsoka, right? So she's also got a lot of traction after that movie, and so again, things like that bring them back to these old movies where they're like, now that I know who these people are, in my mind, again, from a person who doesn't watch musicals often, who's only ever seen like Les Mis and Phantom of the Opera in my life before the last two years, <laughs> um, 
I, that's just like from my from from a non musical lover perspective thing. I mean, I appreciate them. I like them. I'm just saying, like, I'm not like a musical lover. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It was kind of a ramble, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yep. Yeah, so that's a little bit on just accessibility and why they're not typically um, as mainstream. Another thing that people kind of get put off by by musicals is diegenic versus non-diegenic songs. Diegenic songs are songs that are happening as if like people were actually singing and they were... You mean like Take Me or Leave Me? Yeah. Like they're talking to each other. It's not just like they're talking to the audience. I mean like this is what's happening. Whatever. Well, they're like actually wait. I'm not sure about Take Me or Leave Me. No? Like that could be considered non-diegenic because it could... So what's non-diegenic? Non-diegenic is when you're singing a song but you're not supposed to believe that they're actually singing to each other. You know? Like you're supposed to... Oh, so diegenic is like why are we singing... And the other one's like, it's just they're Diagenic talking in singing. would be like, you are in a musical performing a song within the musical. And everyone's like, you're performing a song right now. You're, you are singing, you know? Like, they're acknowledging that oh, the singing like, is happening. Oh, like, Over the Moon and Rent. Whatever. Exactly. Okay, yes, that's a weird song a also. Um, but yeah, that doesn't happen often in my mind. It does not happen often. Like, maybe in the fan of the Opera, a yeah. little bit. Not in Les Mis. No, not in Lamis is very non-diegenic. Not in and Hamilton, almost completely recitative too. In Hamilton, there's the one thing where he's arguing with the guy who's like the, the cabinet battle. Love the king. No, he, oh, he's like yeah, he's yeah, like, love the king, and he's Seabury. like he's insulting him, or whatever. Um, but that it's, it's like one song per musical that I can think of. Exactly, that's why people tend to gravitate away from them because it yeah. feels like there's a disconnect. It feels like the fourth wall is just like, like a little bit more prominent i feel like they're again for me personally yeah. i i'm i believe that it's most people do that but i feel like i don't tend to drive gravitate away from them it's just that there's not a lot of times where it's natural and while it was natural in rent and i look over it and it was natural in hamilton i look over it like, the songs were just meh in my mind, like, compared to the other songs in the musical. Um, but it wasn't, like, because they were, like, doing a performance thing. I just was like, oh, they're just, it's just a musical. You know what I mean, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, they're, yeah. mu- they're singing in the musical. I was just thinking, like, they're just singing because it's a musical. Exactly. So a lot of people don't connect to musicals because, just because they're musicals. Like, the nature of musicals is what drives a lot of people away from them. Just the fact that they're a musical. Oh, like, the fact that people are singing, they're like, you shouldn't be singing the situation? Exactly, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to mention something else, but I don't remember what. Sorry. And I completely I lost my train of thought. I you off a couple times there. I, That's I okay. talk a lot. As you know, we've been doing this for a while. So, oh yes, Hades Town. I really love how they use music because it is all diegenic, but also non-diegenic at the same time. Because all of the characters in the story are singing it's a completely sung through musical okay and they're all singing what they're thinking singing what they're saying singing what they're feeling but they're singing it to the audience so it's it's not like they're performing for each other in the musical it's like they're performing for the audience and the fourth wall really isn't there because they're telling you a story and they're very aware in the way that they're performing that it's for the audience and it's to the audience you mean like the boom um i mean tick tick boom not tick tick boom <laughs> <laughs> like tick tick boom before the movie the original one tick tick boom 
Yeah. Um, like <laughs> that, yes. It's a little bit less obvious. Well, they're just talking to the audience. And, okay. A little bit less obvious than that. Yeah, they're not like, okay, okay, makes sense. Yeah. And that's a big theme in the musical because the whole point is that they know how the story is going to end, but they have hope that it's not going to end um, the way that they know it will. That's weird. The story is about Orpheus and Eurydice. Um, oh, yeah. It's the... You the, mentioned this before. The Greek story. Yeah. Um, Orpheus and Eurydice fall in love, and then Eurydice falls Spoiler into alert. hell. You're supposed to <laughs> know the story going into I it. don't. Uh, Eurydice falls into hell, and then Orpheus has to save her, but then fails in saving her. And it's the way that he fails and the way that she falls is like super thematic and significant to it's, the characters. Yeah, it's like, um, there are a lot of parallels with the antagonist too. It's like when they start a movie and they show what's going to happen at the end and you're still watching the movie because you're like, yeah. I'm curious how we get there. Yeah. As well. Okay. Um, yeah. So the whole point of the story is having hope that uh, it'll turn out better next time and seeing the world the way it could be instead of how it is okay yeah it's beautiful and there's a lot of <laughs> foreshadowing in every freaking line i'm like there's okay you're like it's beautiful it okay is. trust me just trust me on this um yeah i really appreciate the work that went into writing that and it's the kind of writing that you see um when the same person writes the whole musical and like writes the book it's just like consistency in the uh in the themes i'm just thinking of hamilton consistency consistency <laughs> i never spent a cent that wasn't mine you sent the dogs after my cent that's fine. fine okay um it's another example though is hamilton because yeah, lin-manuel miranda thing. wrote everything for it and so it's um it's a consistent tone and consistent i themes, like it, yeah consistent the, yeah concepts. it's very it feels it all fits together well yeah those are the ones in my mind that work the best yeah but I mean, also the separation is good too. Sometimes of having different types of songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, again, I keep going back to this. Well, but Les Mis, the master of the house is so like it's so different from like the other like serious, amazing vocal songs. You know what I mean? Like, um, on my own in the movie, the movie with Hugh Jackman version, like that. It's just sung so beautifully. Um, and when we were watching, we're like. She got the best voice on this cast for sure, um, and I and I feel like she was probably on Broadway before that because I didn't know her and everybody else I knew. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, um, but like Master of the House, it was a good use of like changing it up because you get the sense, okay, these people are different from the other people. They think differently. They act differently. They have different morals. You know what I mean? Um, because like everybody, even like Javert, you know what I mean? Like everybody has sort of these firm morals of taking everything seriously and 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 what is good and what is wrong and they're the one people who are like it's just a weird song and it's a weird song because they're weird people and it gives you that feeling immediately as soon as you start hearing it which is just well done in my mind another musical that i find does this really well is spongebob squarepants the musical unironically yikes does it incredibly <laughs> well there is a disconnect between the different songs and the characters i think most of the songs in it are arias so um they all have a specific tone and a specific genre for the different characters um and i think they all had different writers for it so you get that separation between them but you also get the um the significance in the characters traits specifically written into the songs for them um what's the song i'm thinking of 
It's like, I'm going to be a man or something like that. I'm going to be a man? It's like, what is this Is it song? a Spongebob song? Yeah. What's oh, the song I'm thinking of? I don't know. Is it from the oh, musical or oh, from the I, show? I changed my underwear. Now that we're men, we can't do anything. Now that we're men. Don't you know that song? <laughs> no, I don't no? know that song. I did not grow up with Spongebob. Then why are you referencing the song? I'm referencing the musical on Broadway. Oh, I thought you meant... <laughs> I thought you meant the the movie. Nope. The musical. I thought you, did you not say movie? I said musical. I swear you said movie. I'm going to re-listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to re-listen to this. Are you kidding? You said, I swear you said movie. And I was like, what songs are in that movie with David Hasselhoff? And then that's the one song I could remember. Now that we're men, we can't nah. do any. Okay. The Anyways. musical on Broadway. Is it musical? So people would dress up as a sponge yeah, and a starfish and stuff? It's pretty successful, actually. It's that's not so bad. It's weird. It's like Cats and Lion King. In the Lion King, yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> I mean, like, Lion King makes more sense. It's basically just Hamlet um, or whatever. But cats. Or Macbeth or whatever. Hamlet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, so like, it kind of makes sense, but like, Cats. Yeah, strange. Yeah. I don't know what I don't it mean is. to judge Cats fans. <laughs> there are lots of them. It's the <laughs> longest running musical on Broadway. Fun fact there, everybody. Fun fact. <laughs> what is next? I think I want to talk about Next to Normal because oh, we just watched it and the writing in this blows okay. my freaking we'll mind. We'll try and go for 15 minutes here. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Quick recap. Next to Normal follows Diana, who is... Um, Di. Lady Di. Her name... Yep. Yeah, Di, not Lady Di. Yes. But uh, her and her husband, Dan, and her daughter, <laughs> Natalie... The, the little note there. <laughs> they all um, are struggling with the loss of her first son, Gabriel, who died as an infant. Um, and there's a lot of guilt surrounding that and um, a lot of mental illness stemming from it. And so it deals with all of um, the effects of that death on each of the characters and also the effects of Diana's disruptive mental illness on her family. And I think that the interconnectedness of these characters is shown really well, well through like parallels and um, they all get different songs to showcase um, what uh, complications they have in the beginning and then they have how they uh, get affected by those complications throughout the middle and then in the end they each get closure for whatever um, whatever happened through the musical and whatever decisions that they decided to make about their family, about their relationships, and about themselves in the end. Do you have anything to say about Next to Normal? What did you think about it? It's all Diana's fault. (laughs) 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 You just got crushed. Um, Oh, no. I don't know. Like, well, I was just thinking that because it was like, hmm, yeah, everybody did sort of have problems. I'm like, well, all of the problems were because of Diana. I mean, it's not Diana's fault. kind of the point, though, was that Diana was the disruptive one and that her mental illness was causing yeah, all the problems so with her family exactly. um, um but not with dan though with dan uh diana's mental illness was actually what kept him sane because he had been repressing his own grief for years that's not what i got from it that what is 100 percent what, what i got from it is that he wasn't able to process his grief because he had to put it on hold in order to help her he willingly put it on hold yes but what i'm her. saying that's, is that was his crutch but what i'm saying is if he didn't put it on hold he could have moved past it in exactly. like a year you know yeah what I mean? so it wasn't like his big weight or whatever was like you know what i mean 
It just kind of like... He was actively repressing it is the difference. Yes, because he needed to help somebody else. It was a selfless thing. It was not just like a, I don't want to um, face it. In my I mind. think it was not I don't want to face it thing. Because despite how much he's helping Diana, that doesn't mean that he can't also go to therapy. That doesn't mean that he can't also be seeking help for the same things. But he, Yes, but he's trying to be strong for her and like... And then, but then she like can't. She wouldn't be able to listen to him as well and things like that because she'd be like, "Well, you're going through the same stuff I am. Whatever." Who, that who actually causes help? a rift in their relationship. In the song, you don't know. She explains how she feels, how like how her grief yeah. is manifesting, and how he's not showing any of those same symptoms. Yeah. And he's saying, "I'm still hurting too on the inside. I just don't show it." Yeah. So if he were more visibly affected by Gabriel's death, then I think that would have brought them closer together because she can see that he's also struggling and she can see that solidarity between them i know this musical very well okay okay slight degree to disagree there (laughs) (laughs) you can pull up the quotes then i will pull up i mean i didn't hear half the musical so you're probably right from what i could could tell (laughs) um and then the way that affects natalie is that um, since Put on the back her, of the whole life. yeah, since her grief is so um, reliant on remembering Gabriel, she starts to neglect Natalie, and so um, she just feels like she doesn't matter in the family. Sorry. She feels like she um, uh, she needs to speak really. She's not. There. She needs to fight for her place. She's not there. See, you remember things. Yeah. She needs to fight for her place among the I like family. That song. She That's needs my to. One. Well, that part comes up in multiple songs. Yeah, but I was just saying. Like, I don't know which one. I don't know which song. But okay. That part of the songs were the thing. I liked it. Cool. I don't want to say. There you go. That's fair. Continue. That's fair. <laughs> um, and then, so when she finds a friend outside, his name's Henry. Um, when she finds a friend outside of her family. Um, and starts to open up she feels like she deserves more out of other relationships outside of her family and she turns to substance abuse because she um because that's what gives her that feeling of freedom that's what makes her forget about whatever problems with her family that's what makes her forget about the problems that she could have in the future with mental illness um if she experiences something traumatic just like her mother did um and the way that they handle addiction is also really cool, in my opinion, because it's not treated, it's treated as a mental illness the way that, like, Diana's bipolar disorder is treated, the way that grief is treated. It's treated as something that needs to, like, needs, needs care to work past, and it doesn't blame Natalie for doing anything that she does. I don't like that as much. Why not? I, I don't know. I'm... I'm not on the, I don't don't know, it's a hard stance to be on, and that I'm not fully understanding. I, like, I don't think you can say I'm addicted or whatever, so, like, I'm pardoned. You know what I mean? No. If you do bad things with the addiction or whatever, but if you're only harming yourself, I don't think it's as bad, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, like if if you, if you, like, are an alcoholic, which is terrible, I know, but, like, if you... Um, like drink and drive that's like an extra step in the addiction you know what i mean so there's like there's the addiction and what it causes you to sort of do and then there's like the next steps that 
you can negatively affect things through that addiction, if that makes sense. And I don't think you're pardoned for all of it because you have an addiction. But, like, I think, of course, like, you should have some understanding. You shouldn't, like, just be like, what is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. You should try and help them. But if that does that make sense of what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, like I don't, I don't just think... because you're an addict doesn't absolve you of the yes, things you did. that's all I'm trying to but say. But just the way that you need to be treated afterwards and not as, like, you did this, you're a terrible person. Yeah. You did this, we're willing to give you the support that you need to do better. Yeah. But also, yeah, but like, it's, but not saying it's fine. You know what I mean? Not right. be, Not being like, hey, what you did was completely okay. It's okay, you're an addict. Be like, what you did was bad, but yeah. we're going to work with you to try to help you not do that anymore. And that's a big thing in recognizing when you need help is like acknowledging that you did make a mistake and acknowledging that you do need to get better and that yes. this actually is abuse with the substances and not just use. Yeah. But I didn't like how, I mean, I, I know it was a stage play. But how she threw the drugs in the trash can. <laughs> As I was watching that, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, in every movie ever and everything like that, they always put it in the toilet. Because then you flush it away and you cannot get it back. That is the whole point. And she puts it in the toilet, like, this big move. She puts it in the trash can, like, this big move. She didn't, like, throw it in the trash. She just puts it in the trash can and leaves. And it's like, like the whole, the whole point of putting something in the toilet and the significance of it is... You do the one second move of, okay, relax. It's a toilet. It's not a dirty joke. I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> I'm laughing at the fact that this is a stage play. Know, Most of their actions are meant to be conceptual that's and saying. not taken literally. That's why I was okay with it. But the fact that the daughter was able to go and pull it out, I'm like, that is a conception thing that... I think that the daughter was taking medication from her purse and not from the trash, though. Because Diana was still on medications after she had thrown them out because she had relapsed into her the why didn't they episode. show her taking it out of the purse it did no it took the ghost her out of the, the ghost of the sun came out and gave her the purse but it also showed her taking it out of the garbage i don't believe it did and i have seen this more times than i you. know that it did we will find out and let you okay. know in the post credit okay. scene <laughs> if it was out of the purse i'm okay with that but if it was out of the garbage the hypothetically speaking which i i am fairly certain it was <laughs> but if it wasn't then okay because i didn't i didn't listen to much i didn't understand much but when I saw her go to the trash can, the mother put the garbage up and stuff, and I was like, pardon? Um, so if it did happen, then it was really dumb. Because I don't think <laughs> but that... But I'm pretty I sure it didn't, then so the it's concept, not really the, dumb. It shouldn't be a conceptual thing that influences the plot because of it being literal. That doesn't make any sense to me. But yes, if it didn't do that, then that's fine. We're going to take a look at the first cut scene. Yes. I am like, I was like, that happened. And I was bugged. Because it bugged me so much. It took me out of the. It took me out of the. Like really? when, the, when the mom was putting the stuff in the garbage, I was like, "It's taking me out of it because it can be conceptual putting it in the in the toilet." But as well. the singing doesn't take shape. you out of it at all. No, because she's like music, singing to the, the audience. That's the medium, right? <laughs> the medium is the stage, also. Yes, but what I, what I'm saying is that you can you can have a prop toilet and it's the same conceptualization as throwing in the garbage. Sure. It's like sure. the exact same, but then it is practical, also. I suppose it's and, a lot harder to do, and you'd have to like move it too and you can literally have like a cardboard cut out of a toilet and then put it behind it have a cardboard cut out yes. of a toilet you can literally have the a trash can looks so much better than that and most people aren't looking a into trash it can looks like a tiny little it's cylinder a, thing it's about the action <laughs> it's about the action know, of not man. taking her medication that was the point of yes. that but again, again, and I'm, I'm okay with it if the daughter doesn't go back and take it from her. Was there anything else check? that you didn't like or understand about the musical? Um, 
the daughter's boyfriend kind of annoyed me, but that was not much. Yeah, um, I don't like him that much either, but the parallels that he offers with Dan is really, like, important to the story because it perpetuates the parallels with uh, Natalie and her mother in both the relationship with Henry and Dan and um, how Di and Dan were... Um, how they were when they were younger, where they were just, like, young and in love and everything mm. was good. And they would do anything for and, each other. And, the, yeah, they were dating for, like, like, what, like, nine weeks or something like that. And then she's like, I might be crazy because my mom was, like, bipolar disorder or whatever. And he's like, it's fine. I'll love you forever. And I understand, like, your teens are going to say stuff like that. But I was like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you can't just, like, you've known her for, like, what, two months and you're like, I'm going to love you forever no matter what. Like, even if you're, like, fully, like, off the rails, he's like, I'm going to love you anyways. I'm like, it's sweet. That's the same thing but, that Dan was saying, though. Like, I don't know how long he knew did Diana for. Like, if Dan made that claim yeah. when he was a kid, I would be like... He did make that claim when he was a kid, and he yeah. says that in the song The Promise. Oh, so that's what you're saying. Okay, because I didn't so, hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. That's what the parallel is. Okay. Exactly. Because I didn't hear that, and I was like, I just heard him singing, like, I'm gonna love you anyways. I'm like... It's that same idea of Bro, you're like 10, like, chill. Love. Like, you, you don't know. <laughs> He's but, 17. Okay, if, if Dan did it too also, then... <gasps> yes, it is the parallels. There are also you. a lot of parallels with the clothing. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of that. They all wore red at the end. All wore red at the end. Um, all of the colors were like red, blue, purple, and neutral. Um, and so that was used pretty intentionally in terms of like. I like the um, reference to one flew over cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yep. It was dark, but I liked it. Um, I liked it too because when I wrote an essay about this musical, it was also about one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And that's what the essay was supposed to be mostly about, was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, you But I used this, it yeah. as an opportunity to write about Next to Normal. I think... Mm, okay. <laughs> what do you think? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I also <laughs> think that Next to Normal is a much better representation of mental illness than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Well, I don't think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is supposed to be a really, really good representation of mental illness, in my mind. Yeah, it mostly... Just, I did write about it. I just watched it. the it movie, It mostly so I don't talks know. about the treatment of mentally ill patients. Yes. It doesn't actually go into their psychology yes which i think again i think it does that better as opposed to going into the psychology of it which next normal would do better i think there's also normal... a real i think it's a very bad comparison not like not a bad comparison but like it's hard it's like apples and oranges it's hard to compare the two because one is a musical broadway that was made like 40 years later and one was a book written in i don't know when it was written true so like <laughs> it's like being like um oh this this thing says men should be the head of the household and women are objects oh wow it was made in the 1800s <laughs> and then this thing was made in 2022 you know what i mean like I mean, it's not that obviously. It was it's 1962, but... not the 40s. Yes, but I'm, I'm like just significantly. Yes, the, oh, we wow, we yeah. learned a lot more and everything like that. And for its time, it it was pretty good or whatever at the time. Yes. But yeah. And I did mention that in the essay. We're so in sync. <laughs> um, my favorite musical, though, is something. It wasn't. Is your favorite musical? That's isn't not. Like Snow that's Snow? not even my favorite musical. What? This is something. I don't Pardon? know why it's my favorite, but I love it You're so much. Okay, what, yeah, what is it? It's falsettos. Fal You've never even mentioned falsettos to me, have you? <laughs> it's very. You mentioned like I've, I've heard Stark and Everything's Normal. I've heard Hades Town. I've heard. Um, <laughs> tick tick boom. Am I the guy who didn't like musicals, or is that a musical? That's a musical. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's a Star Kid musical. Um, yeah, like I've heard all these other ones. I've, well, I've heard falsettos. Falsettos. I don't know why I love it so much, but I love it. False. Edos. Edos. Okay. It's um, it's about this guy named Marvin, 
and Marvin he, Gaye. He is gay, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Nice. laughs> he leaves his wife and his son because he's been closeted his whole life and goes to live with his boyfriend. Oh, he has a wife and son. He has a wife and son. Well, they are his ex-wife and son during the musical. But, okay. yeah. He was closeted his whole life, and so it deals with his own um, internalized homophobia and struggles with whatever familial structure that he craves from getting raised expecting that, um, while also wanting to have a loving relationship with his boyfriend, Wizzer. And Wizard? Wizer. I don't remember his actual name. Okay, I was about to say, that's a weird <laughs> name. I'm sorry, but okay. But, it's yeah, they call him Wizer the whole time. Okay. Um, and so it follows him and Wizer and their relationship. And the way that that progresses is really beautiful. Because in the whole first act, Marvin's being very um, selfish and expecting Wizer to behave the way that Trina behaved when she was behaving like the perfect that's housewife that's to him. Yeah. Um, and then by the end of the musical, you see him being completely selfless and just wanting Wizard to be happy and just wanting to spend time with him. Does he still talk to his ex-wife and kid? Well, yeah. That relationship is also super complicated uh, because Marvin is Marvin in the first act is portrayed as just a bad person. And then by the end of it, he realizes how bad of a person he's being to the people that he loves. And then in the second act, you see him actually progress and form lasting and loving relationships with the people that he wants to. So in the end, he's good with the kid and the ex-wife as well? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, like... In the end, they focus like, more on yeah, Wizard, of course. but... Yeah, but I was going to be like, if he just, like, leaves his kid, I'm like, it's not his kid, like, I don't know... No, don't he know was still very nice, much involved yeah. with his family, and okay. that's part of... Uh, what caused a lot of struggles with Wizard because he p was putting so much time into Trina and his son. Um, I forget his name. I'm yeah, I'm Jason. Feels yeah. And his son Jason. So um, Wizard felt like he was just on the side and he felt like he wasn't getting the attention that he wanted from Marvin. But Marvin was also demanding so much attention from him, and it was just not um, not a healthy relationship for either of them. Also, Marvin's psychiatrist, Mendel, is in it, and he ends up with Trina. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I understand you want to get everybody happy or whatever, but that's well, kind of messed up. Well, it's, it's plot device, also. So, there's a, a lot about... In a good way? In a good way, yeah. Okay. It's, it progresses it's like, the man, characters I'm, a lot. I'm gay. I don't love my wife. Guys, like well, I'll love her, like, like pardon, like basically, I'll yeah. help you out, bro. Not like steal but, your ex-wife. I mean, not steal, like you don't want her, but but that gives um, an opportunity for Marvin to uh, face his jealousy because he does love Trina. He just doesn't want to be with her in that capacity. Um, so he has to like face okay. what it what relationship he does want from Trina and how he wants that to progress and how he's going to communicate that to his family and, and to loves him until Trina feels meets... betrayed because she was being I mean, lied to about Martin's sexuality yeah. the whole time. Um, yeah, Trina... That would be, yeah, that'd be rough. <laughs> yeah. You, you date a guy for, like, what, years? You have a kid with him, the kid's going up, and then the guy's just like, suddenly, I'm gay, and leaves, and you're like, Yeah, basically. Pardon? Basically. Um, but she has a lot of self-esteem issues that she works through, Again, and, understandable. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
they're they're having sex and he doesn't into it because she's a woman and he's like <laughs> yeah. and she's like I don't like my body. You know what I mean? Not like, even that's not even the worst I mean, thing that yeah, Marvin that did to her. Like him, Marvin's just a Spill bad person. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll watch at some point. <laughs> you should. There's a pro shot. I mean, I just heard the whole YouTube. thing. But, oh, there's a pro shot. There's a pro shot. Nice. They filmed it for like PBS or something, and so that's on YouTube. this program in color. Um, so that's my favorite musical. I love the songs in it. It's completely sung through again. All of my favorite ones are completely sung through for some reason. I think it's because, um, it just, it's easier to listen to without watching them. So I can put it on while I'm like doing work oh, yeah, the or yeah. I can just driving to my I'm cottage. Walking. I was listening. To, I probably quote unquote watched Hamilton like 10 times. Like, yeah. The first time that I listened then... to falsettos was on a road trip to Toronto because I was like, I need to find something new to listen to. And this musical is like two hours long. Might as well listen to it. So I listened to it twice. You didn't even see it? You just listened to it? I just listened to it. Usually, mm. what I'll do is listen to the musical first unless it's not completely sung weird. through. Yeah. It is weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I acknowledge just, yeah. that. Um, because... I mean, it works. Yeah. Just because I... If I, don't, if I don't like the music, then I'm probably not going to want to watch the whole musical touche it's hard to watch a musical if you don't like the music in the musical yeah it's called a musical if i watch the musical and i don't like the music then i'm not gonna like listen to the music afterwards and it just feels like true i don't know why i watch this you know um like if it doesn't become a hyper fixation is it really worth it (laughs) um but falsettos is one of those that i like listened to a little bit and then i went back to and fell in love with it um fell in love with the musical i did it's pretty fruity <laughs> um did you spell hamilton wrong oh no you didn't capitalize it so that's why it's that's why it's it underlined in red yeah um yeah i guess my favorite musical would be lame is um simply because of how long i've known it um and oh some parts hit different like hamilton doesn't have a lot of re- relatability no, like not at all. It's, Especially it's, since they're like historical fi- historical figures that have been like revised so much beyond recognition. Yeah, I it's mean, like very much some characters. Of, some of the songs like "Burn" and "Say No to This" like have to do with like a subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. The main part, the main premise of them, of like being infidelity, infidelity, whatever. Not being infidelity. Um, but Lemis, like, and I mean, Lemis doesn't have a lot, also, but. Empty chairs and empty tables hits really so hard, hard. Um, and it's like you can you can sort of imagine what it's like as opposed to like just hearing about other people. Um, on my own is the one I keep going back to because on my own is I think it's like maybe my favorite of the musical. What about in my dreams? I feel like that's another like well-known one that everyone's in like. This has a lot of emotional impact. How's yeah, like in the music in the movie, Anne Hathaway sings it. Oh yeah, that one yeah yes um that one every time i listen to it, i'm just like this is sad that nobody's taking care of her i mean like th- i mean like i don't know if that's like she doesn't need anybody to take care of her you know what i mean but like <laughs> you know what i mean like it's sad that she has this uh, picture of like what love is and stuff like that and she's been hurt and stuff like that and it's sad to hear right um and that's what i mean by it like she was she was relying on this one guy that she's talking about so much and then he just left and left her pregnant and that changed her life right and that's what i meant by like not taking care of her like the guy just kind of left yeah um 
when she was was looking for somebody to take care of her because again also with the time and everything like that um to an extent um but yeah there's just so many different songs and like one day more is very much like like you can feel the anticipation of the next day like like if you just listen to that like the day before i don't know like a date or an exam or something like that you know what i mean like one, one day, day more, more. <laughs> like, you're, like you're hyped for you know what i mean or like a big event like fan expo for me you know what i mean um or some of my favorite just days of the year and it's like you, you you're excited for it but also there's the dread of like what if it isn't as you want hope it'll be things like that and although the song has like obvious like plot points in the song yeah um like you've ever been like i'm gonna infiltrate their horses um and things like that um it's still very much like you get you get this feeling from listening to it there's just a lot of songs uh, heart full of love obviously it's just like it's a romance song um I don't know. I think there's a reason why Blame is, in my mind, again, is is one of the most popular, at least, um, musicals ever, is because it's just, it's good, <laughs> it's well done, um, and I think that it's, it's kind of hard to, really say it's bad, um, and there's so many different versions of it too. Liam Neeson played Jean Valjean. Hugh Jackman played Jean Valjean. I don't know, man. Uh, I always, I always enjoy Limis, and I'm. I, we need to watch it next week, something like that. Let's yes. watch it. I, I, it's on my list, one hundred percent. What are you researching? I wanted to see original who originally played him. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him. Well, he's the one who I always no. hear of. Who was it? He's the one oh, who I always man. hear of. Sorry, guy. Brendan, you're gonna be mad at me. Come on. That's fine. Come on. It's okay. You just disappointed Brendan. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Does he say often? You know who originated like he, Jean Valjean? No, but like when he saw him live, that was like life changer. Uh, when you when you go to bed, he's just like, and who originated <laughs> Jean Valjean? You're like this no, guy. No, he doesn't and now mention it a lot. He doesn't it. mention it a lot, but it's significant. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah, my dad saw Queen. I'm sorry. My dad saw Queen in person. Whoa. It's pretty cool. Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. I know his name. In person, man, Freddie Mercury is like a performer. That's, yeah. That's well, cool. I mean, same as a Broadway performer. But I like, would not say. I that. know what you. What do you mean? I think Freddie Mercury is a better performer than a Broadway performer. Than than any average Broadway performer. Yes. Come what? on, Freddie Mercury is the lead of one of the most popular bands nowadays. Of one of the. Like, yes, he, he is, is he's, an incredible performer. One of the most powerful vocalists but better in my than mind. Any like any Broadway performer. No, I didn't say that. I said that is than, what you I said, said better than the average. Better than the average Broadway performer. When you say better than any, it's like any Broadway performer versus him. And I'm saying on average, I think Freddie Mercury wins. But how many Broadway performers do you know, though? That's what I'm saying. And you know the name Freddie Mercury. You just proved my point. Bro, it's over. You don't even have a word to say. It's over. It's just circumstance. No, it's over, bro. You just don't have the context of Broadway performers, so of course you're going to think that he's better than any average one. It's over, Freddie Mercury, bro. She. Anyways. Anyways. Besides that random tangent about Freddie Mercury and musical comparisons, um... Yeah, I really enjoyed Hamilton. It was, like, the first musical I'd seen in a while. That I mean, like, when I see musical, I mean Broadway musical. Because this is another quick point I want to touch on, is the, like, Sound of Music, um, Singing in the Rain, White Christmas, all these songs, like... There's a lot of... In those movies, there's a lot of... what I forget the word you used. 
they're singing because they're singing the thing. Non-diagenic or diagenic? Diagenic. There's a lot of diagenic Like they're music. actually singing. Yes. Okay. In, in musicals, like in The Greatest Showman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like in a lot of musicals, they're actually singing. Um, I think there's like at least one in every single... Like in Broadway, you're thinking of, I'm like, okay, there's maybe like one in each, maybe. In every movie, yeah. movie there's like that was three, the point like... of those because when um, when that became a thing, it was still like early musicals, and so like that's what the uh, evolution of musicals were at the time. Oh, I want to watch Seen in the Rain again. <laughs> it's such a good like I don't know if it's how good of a movie it is, but I really enjoyed it. It's and enjoyable. It's a classic. It is. And there's the the chick with the annoying voice, and that's like a <laughs> plot point, and it's so good. The plot point is that somebody has an annoying voice. <laughs> it's like, ah, that's quality right there. Yeah, Definitely. I want to watch that too. What if we have a musical night with Les Mis and Singing in the Rain? And La La Land. Sorry, we don't have time for two movies. Um, we will make time for La La we Land. We only have time for two. La La Land. You need to watch it just for the cinematography. The first time I watched it, I didn't get it. Why would I watch a I musical for the cinematography? Because that's the best part. That is the best part. The way that know. they use I colors. I La La Land is pretty mad. By who? By multiple people. Name all of them. Sarah. Doesn't matter. I'm cooler. <laughs> what? That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> For those podcast listeners, that was my sister, Sarah, who is currently in this building and heard being trash talked. Um... I don't know. Like, I might watch La La Land at some point. The way that they I just watched Tick Boom, okay? I just watched Tick Boom. I just and watched Next to Normal. To normal. <laughs> you got a lot of I'll musical out of me. I'll let you off the hook me. for Next to Normal. I watched more the musicals in the last, like, like, I don't know, week than I have You've in the last. You've watched two. Yeah. Than I have in the last two years. <laughs> I told you, I don't watch a lot of That's musicals. That's a low bar. But La La Land. I didn't say it was a high bar. The way that they use colors is so significant, and the way that they use lighting is so significant because, um, well, the colors, first of all, are um, tied to the four seasons, and the four seasons are all tied to four stages of uh, the main character's career. So fall will be like uh, failure and um, things like that. Like you put yourself out there and tried to do something, but it did not work, and now you're upset about that. And that leads to winter, which is sort of the depression of I'm looking for something, but I've sort of given up hope. Um, and I'm just like chilling in this sort of... Chilling? <laughs> I'm just chilling in this sort of stagnant place where chilling I though? want to be... In the be winter? Chilling in the winter. Chilling? Where I, like, I want to be doing something more, but chilling? I don't have any opportunities. <laughs> okay, <continue. laughs> and then spring is the hope and the opportunities of, hey, this could actually go somewhere. I can get out of this winter that I'm in and I can... And that's in the cinematography. In, just in the colors alone, as well as um, the way, just like, in the plot of the story, it's reflected. Um, and then summer is, like, actually receiving that success and validation and stuff. And so you see that not only in her career, but also in her uh, relationship with um, Ryan Gosling. I don't remember either of their names. Hottie. <laughs> and, yeah, you see them in all of the all of the sets you see whatever season came in the past in what is surrounding them and whatever season they're in and what they're wearing um and both like literally and figuratively um a lot of the furniture is representative of um what emma stone is thinking at the time the main character i still don't remember her name 
furniture is the similar furniture. to what there's a scene. the main character is thinking. It's so good. There's a scene near the end where she's going in for uh, an audition with somebody. Okay. And she is wearing blue because she's in a winter. Okay. Um, behind her, there's a vase with red flowers in it, representing her doubt that she's going to fail. What? On the couch. Okay, okay. The couch is okay. green. How is a vase with red flowers in it representing her doubt that she's going to fail? I could 100% be looking too much into this. That is looking, like, come on. But literally, Who says the roses? way that... So when I go to on a date and I give somebody a rose, I'm expect, I'm hoping like... that it's going to fail? Like, no. what? No, no. The way that they use colors that? in this. How do, how the couch that, that she's sitting on is green because she's sitting on this hope with this opportunity that green it can means lead somewhere. Envy. Green does not mean hope, bro. This is not the universal meaning. This then, is not the universal just, meaning. It's the way that they it. use it in But then you're just the story. applying it to anything. Then you can just apply, hey man, I wore that green jacket today because I was really in love. Like what? Like you just It's consistent with names. this. But the fact that those are all meaningful in the scene is because they perpetuated those themes throughout the rest of the musical so you see her wearing green when she's feeling this way or you see her wearing blue when she's feeling another way or you see these other characters wearing red and green when they're like playing these roles okay in her i haven't life. seen it but it sounds like you're reading into it a lot. no I haven't it seen is it. significant i haven't seen it but like i feel like the director or whatever was not like this is why and if no, they were it because wasn't because in clear. the end in the but very end there's fit, a scene like, how do you fit all of their moods into different colors and then it like, works just for a small callback in it the works. Later no season. it's not a small callback scene. it is so significant in the way that you perceive the scenes in the way that you perceive her psyche and in the very end there's a scene where um her and ryan gosling imagine what could have been if the first night that they met what had went differently been. yes and it's the first time that you see her wearing a vibrant purple which is a mix of the two bad things in her life the winter and the fall and it's like reapplying that meaning or to means she's positive. sad what <laughs> how does it necessarily reapply it's just wait you're like it means something, guys. It does mean These something. Colors, Let me guys, have this. Hey, hey, red means red means sadness. Blue means depression. Purple, sadness and depression. No, you're like, it's happiness and hope, boys. Like it's it made a U-turn. It's like I'm like, it like didn't okay, make a again, U-turn. I haven't it's seen those this. same themes and it's saying like But how is it how is it? It's like recognizing that they sadness. both went through winter and fall together and it's recognizing that she's better off for it. So she's I'm wearing, not crazy, she's I wearing swear. sad colors, and that means she's better off. Yes, you would understand if you had seen them. Maybe, and maybe the when I see it, I'll progress. understand. But from what you're describing, I'm like, you're just reading. <laughs> now into you have to so see it because much, I seem bro. insane. Hey man, hey man, the red lightsaber <laughs> bolts in Star Wars mean that the droid who's shooting it is depressed <laughs> like <laughs> i'm just like i'm listening to you like what it like, all makes i know sense. that some things have like those really deep meanings and stuff it like does. that and like arcane has stuff like that too but i'm like what like it you, was very you go through talking about how these colors mean something and then you're like and then they use the sad colors but i mean think that it means that she's happy well i'm just applying it to the what's actually happening in the narrative at the time like, I'm not just saying, or, hey, this is what this must mean. It's like, this or, is what is being portrayed means, in... Or purple means happy. And the other two mean separate things. And earlier on, there's some random thing where they showed purple means happy, but I you like didn't see th- that. No, because if it was just one thing, then it wouldn't I don't know, It man. wouldn't really be a thing compared to Again, all of the other colors it. It just being like so consistent. <laughs> it's not a stretch. I'm right. Also, the way that they use lighting is really significant because... Um, 
Brian Gosling and Emma Stone always put themselves as the main character in their own stories. And so, <laughs> literally, that's the point, though. Um, and they always... in the movie? Yes. They okay. put themselves in <laughs> the spotlight. So a lot of the time you will see, like... A spotlight go on them and the background fade. The characters themselves in the start. Okay. So you see a to spotlight the on fade, them and the background yeah. fades into darkness. But when you see them look at each other, you see the light go on to the other character first, and then they fade, and then they'll put themselves into it. Hold on, I'm not explaining it very well. If I think Emma I saw Stone that, looks at Ryan Gosling, where it's like do 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 do, and he's playing the piano and she's dancing. Like I don't know. I don't know. I've seen that scene many times because it's on like a cinematography thing, whatever. Yeah. Well, and it'll be like she'll put the mean. spotlight on him and fade out, and then the spotlight will go on her because she's like recognizing that he's the main character and then putting herself into the story because she wants to be a part of his life. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not crazy about that one at least. I don't know. That was intentional, right? Yeah. Should be. Yeah. Should be. That like that sounds a lot more intentional than the colors. No, the colors, okay, I'm telling okay, you. Okay, we don't have time to debate this because I haven't seen it. So I can't, you can't change my mind on it because I haven't seen it. But have I convinced you to watch it? No, but I'll Damn watch it. it at some point probably. Probably? I may potentially at some point attempt to push play for a specific really amount good. of time. I don't know. I might watch it at some point, but it's just not high on my list of watching things right now. What is high on your list of watching things? Sing in the rain. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I just because I've heard that it's good and that's bad from some people. Well, if you hear that it's bad, it's because of the um the way that it's portrayed. It's as if it was like a stage thing in the um huh? how it okay, emphasizes certain things and there's a lot of suspension of disbelief because it's definitely through the character's perspective. And so it doesn't seem like it's actually happening. It seems like some parts are in a dream or in the character's head, okay. which was intentional. So I can see why people would be like, I don't really like this because that's what I thought the first time I watched it. And then I looked past that and was like, this is all intentional. Okay, so you're saying I need to watch it twice. No, I'm saying like you need it. to watch it with with <laughs> the expectation that it's not going to look realistic every single scene. Okay. There are a lot of scenes that do seem really realistic. We, we will attempt. We will see what happens in the future. Um, but do we have anything else to talk about with this? Because it is over an hour, so I just want to I do it back, think, bring it back to everything else and see if we can wrap up soon. I do think that this is everything I wanted to listen to talk about. Okay. Um, everyone go listen to or watch the musicals that I mentioned because they're all really good. If you haven't heard of a uh, little stage production of Les Mis, um, <laughs> Les Miserables, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I'm trying. Um, yeah. Anyways, that was just a joke. Continue. It was very funny. Top Half tier jokes. Half the things joke. I say are jokes. Like I don't even. Am I even serious at this point? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. I do know. I'm not serious. But anyways, um, is that everything then? That's everything. I think that's everything. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll do the post credit scene. We'll we'll take a look if Natalie took the. Took the pills took from the, the pills purse or from the trash can. In the library with the lead pipe. I'm convinced that it was I'm convinced it was a trash Gabriel can. And you ghost. guys will find out in approximately 20 seconds. And we're going to find out within the next five minutes. We're going to research this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening.
Alright, so this is the post credit scene. We're going to be talking about uh, just some brief things about the musicals before we wrap it up. Um, just wanted to say, um, I think it was a purse. That <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, okay. a purse? Okay, here's the deal. Funny. Here's the deal. The, this I don't happens. know why you doubted me. Next to normal Broadway, uh, Jessica Phillips and Kyle Dean Massey by Becky Amazing. Barnes on, on YouTube. Okay? <laughs> At 42 minutes. And like 10 and seconds. Approximately. Approximately. Gabriel because of, the because ghost. of being a trash bootleg, <laughs> it looks like, in my mind, when, when we were watching it and I was half asleep, it looked like, um, what's it called? It looked like a garbage can because of her pants and because of him grabbing it from the cupboard Long under the Long story short, I was right yes, and he was wrong. You were right. But I, because my fragile right masculinity normal. is too fragile, and I need to say, this is my reasoning. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, that's all done. Uh, you were right, I was wrong. I'm gonna go, I said it. Thank you, thank um, you. Now, what for the post credit scene? Um, I don't know. You can rush into this because you really wanted to say that you were right. <laughs> you were, you were itching for it. You aren't right often. You're the one that started I'm the recording. I'm right, always normally, right? So, no, you did. So, oh my god. You see, look at that. I was right and you were wrong. Say it. Oh, uh, no, I will not. But you started the recording. I didn't. And I'm not going to argue you on that because <laughs> you're insane. What? You are you insane. You started the recording. You can lie to everybody <laughs> like that. That's hurtful. You literally went like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I was right. I need to tell people that I was right for the first time in my life. And you went over push a button, and then now you're like, I didn't even start the I know that I didn't do sure. this, but nobody's gonna believe me. Don't you think that if I were the one that started the recording, that I would be the one to start talking? If you I were that eager? You want me to start talking, because you don't want to talk. But if I were eager enough to start the recording, no, because that you, I'd be eager no, enough because to talk? No, your, because your fear of people listening is too strong. And you need We've me to already talk. recorded the whole episode though. okay anyways we'll just get on to the whole <laughs> thing about the actual post-credits scene because i gotta leave soon so um musicals musicals what is your favorite musical movie musical movie yes and i'm oh i'm gonna say that isn't a broadway musical uh, whoa that's, that's not an adaptation exactly <gasps> i don't even know man like like th things like this. mama mia just anything with like a song um you've seen singing in the rain or white christmas or anything like that yeah i've seen those uh, just like movies with yeah movies with singing in it i have no greatest clue. showman i watched that a lot and listened to the soundtrack yeah. a lot when that came so out your favorite but not a favorite oh you know what it is it's inside by bo burnham oh <laughs> there we go wow you that's cheated. what it is you cheated that's what it is of course we should do that <laughs> dang it i'm gonna think of it I should have said that isn't a weird sketch thing by a... It's not weird in sketch. <laughs> I mean sketches in like comic sketch. Oh, okay. I think it is a weird sketch thing. I didn't say sketchy, it's a sketch. I was right and you were wrong. <laughs> That's going to be a recurring thing now. <laughs> um, yeah, Bo Burnham. What about you? You had a problem with it. Um, I did have problems. I don't know about mine. Um, the one I, I want to say is Sunshine Only to like say because people haven't really heard of it, but it is my favorite. I, I see that there's definitely flaws in it for sure. Um, while I do enjoy it, and it's not well known, so I like to talk about it. Um, I guess I would have to say Greatest Showman. <laughs> really? Greatest Showman? It's. I haven't seen. 
Holiday Inn has some things that didn't age well. Right. Um, ooh, Court Jester's pretty good. Which Court Jester have seen? I have no clue. Ooh, the Court Jester might be up there for me. It's an old, like, 40s or 50s yeah. thing. I've seen clips. It's very goofy and weird. Um, I'd also def definitely going to be watching Danny Kay. But I haven't seen Singing in the Rain since, like, I was, like, 10. So I can't say that. Yeah. The only one I can think of that I've seen recently is... is Greatest Showman that I, like, really enjoyed and listened to the soundtrack to a bunch and stuff like that. I mean, Mamma Mia, I like the ABBA soundtrack, but it's just because it's ABBA. Yeah. Like... It's not like, oh man, I really want to hear Meryl Streep sing. No, it's like, like I want to hear actress, these ABBA songs while exactly. this movie is on. It's just the ABBA song, so yeah, I, I guess I'm just the greatest showman then. But it's, it's not a. It's. Oh, roast me? You couldn't think of anything until I said five <laughs> to you. Um, I don't know, I'm not a huge musical guy, right? So. Yeah. Why is it so strange though? I don't know, it just seems weird to me. Like, that's. You're weird. The, that's the best one that you like the I most? I would say it's the best one. It's that's just my favorite because like I like the I, I listen to the soundtrack the most. Fair enough. So, it's the greatest show. Um, <laughs> the other side is, is catchy. Yeah. Uh, hey, right that now, I think I'm good to go. I kind of want to go to life. You say I'm trapped in. Now I admire you in that whole show you do. You're on to something really insane. I should stop. I would you sing just along. You didn't stop me. Yeah. I, but I don't remember the lyrics. And oh, wow. your tune again oh you can't get gosh. melodies right it's always just a little bit off we'll listen to it best. afterwards i don't want to hear myself sing i mean i meant like the Nobody actual song does. people are gonna people aren't gonna hear this part because they're already gonna <laughs> sing for two seconds back there we'll listen to the actual song afterwards with zach efron and hugh jackman zephron get it zephron. right it's t-swizzle and zephron and like if they have names, Taylor Swift. Why are you bringing her up though? Because Zephron. That's why. T Swizzle. When you put the okay. first digit and then the first character and then the last name, Zephron and T Swizzle. Swift Swizzle. Swizzle isn't even her name though. Oh, chill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just confused. <laughs> I thought I nitpick. I do nitpick, but. All right, I guess that's everything then. Yeah. There's a weird little post credit scene. Um, what's a good musical sign-off that we can try out for this episode? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, what, what I'm trying to think of like? references. Like? I'm trying to think of something from Hamilton. Is there a good finishing line? It'll stop any day now. Any day now. Any, any day, day now. now. There you go. Okay. Is that the end? <laughs> that's the end. <laughs>